don't know Louise, you can jump on to Instagram and Facebook. She's got her pages there. But she basically um, transforms people's lives. That's what I'm going to say. She's really helped me out on lots of different levels. Um, she works with people to change their mindset around lots of different things, whether it's life or business, but in particular money. Um, and yeah, I, literally within like a couple of weeks, I started to manifest uh, abundance. And yeah, very extremely grateful. So welcome, Louise. Hi, everybody. It's great to be here. It's such a beautiful day. Look at this view. Like, we're very lucky, aren't we? It is so awesome. It's just gorgeous out there. Absolutely gorgeous. I'm in the land of the giants here. Yeah. <laughs> like the shortest person Louise is super small, <laughs> if you don't know. And the thing is, we, we have a technical issue, so we've only got one microphone, so we're literally sharing it between four of us. Okay? So that's what we're doing right now. But Louise, tell us a little bit more about um, the, like the depth of the work that you do, because it really is trying like transforming and it's on so many different levels you know so if if you've got a new client um, and they come to you how do you even start that process yeah Amy uh, it's interesting because everybody's got a different issue and so often people come to me and they're at a redefining point in their life they've maybe lost a job or they are starting a business or they've started a business and they're stuck because they can't sell as much as they want to so people go through, I call it performance disorientation. It's like you go up and then you go down and high performers tend to do this. So the first thing that I find is people, when they're going through transition, they actually feel really uncertain about the future because they don't know what's going to happen next and the brain doesn't like uncertainty. So when they get to that point, they're, they're usually in a bit of a mess. They've got their knickers in a knot, as you would say. And, oh, I was just saying because in a twist. Oh, because in a twist, that's right. Is this, is this different to the performance anxiety that I hear about? Uh, well, there's all sorts of performance anxiety. But usually, <laughs> let's not talk about that one. <laughs> let's just stick with the money anxiety for now. Some of them do get paid, actually. So, I mean, it, and it can be lucrative. It, in a downturn market, look, as they say. <laughs> well, you've got to find the product that's right for you. That's what I would say. <laughs> so, you know, people come along and they're just distraught. And often they're actually, they've lost a lot of hope. They started something, they get excited, and then they, they sort of go on a downward slide. And, and when something happens to somebody that they're not expecting, like they lose a job, and this happened to us, so I've been through this, I know what it's like. Um, it's, it sort of throws them because they have, they're hopeful at the beginning and then and they're wanting to take the next step and they're excited and then something hits them like a ton of bricks and um, they're in shock and so then they're uncertain and then that leads to a whole range of different, like a domino effect of emotions. They start with disappointment, could be a small disappointment and then uh, they can be discouraged and then they can get depressed and so this is something I'm really passionate about because I'm on a mission, man. I, I, I just know that we can help so many people to create something because we're all really creative. I fully believe that. So, so when they come to me, the first thing, uh, the first thing that I do is help them get clarity because if you don't have clarity, you're stuffed, man. <laughs> you're mm. stuffed. And so, getting clarity is, is step one. And most people actually say, you know, I don't know what I want to do. But really, deep down, they do know what they want to do. They're just not sure how they can get it. And they have a belief system around that about mm. whether they deserve it. Yeah, I mean that's 
it's so interesting that you that you talk about that because um, I think probably after doing the work with you, um, I realised how many belief systems I've built up, you know, around especially money, especially money. I kept thinking I'm not working so hard and like. Why am I not getting what I think I deserve? But then I think when after doing the work with you, it's actually because deep, deep down, I didn't think I was worth that. So it's just having that shift on, you know, um, what you th what your value is, I guess. Absolutely, and you know, people who are emotionally aware often um, struggle the most with their value because they are super in tune with other people. And so they're in tune to how other people are feeling and they're in tune to how they're feeling. So I find actually that people who've got a really amazing talent and amazing skill set, high performers, often struggle with this the most. And they could be in a, a really successful job, uh, but they don't have any time. So they're like, you know, the workhorse. They run, they run, they run, they look after everyone else and then they collapse in a heap and they break down. Or else, they, you know, people in business are trying to hustle. And so hustling does not work. I mean, people talk about hustling, and hustling doesn't work because hustling comes from a place of striving instead of a place of peace. So the goal is to get into your money flow, get into that state of flow, and that state of flow is really being true to who you truly are. And I think it's really hard these days because of social media. You see all these people with these stories, you know, I'm, Oh, I had the crash and then a year later I became a multi-millionaire and you know people look at that and they go I want to be that I want to change that but it's actually a process of changing the way you feel on the inside do you think it's possible that everyone can switch that and then become a millionaire well <laughs> <laughs> meaning me <laughs> Amy <laughs> uh, if they're prepared to do the work. Okay. Uh, because and, and what, do you, what, what do you mean by that? Well, like there's so many levels. I, I talk about 12 principles of being able to change the way you think and feel about money. And one of the things is programming, like we said, belief systems that we've inherited from parents or from environment. Um, environment is another thing. Who do you have around you? Is it okay for you to be doing well? Or do you have people around you who pull you back? To, uh, are you around people that are going to put what I call pull you up? Mm. Uh, and then you've got your, your money voice, so the way you speak to yourself internally, your subconscious um, drivers. So you can rewire. The thing is, it's actually not as hard as people think. Mm. People are always worry about you know, moving away from fear and trying to be courageous. But I, I sit in front of people all the time, and I've coached like 85 people in the last two months. Mm. And I sat in front of them one after the other and saw them have a shift. and. They have a shift because you can change the neural pathways in your brain, but you do need to, it's kind of like if you go to the gym and you, you want to go and be have a six pack after the first day. Yeah. Well, we've all tried that. <laughs> <laughs> and still trying. Still trying. And the six pack doesn't come straight away. You know, the, the, the muscles are built over time and it's the same with the brain, it's the same with your emotions. So. I believe that, you know, when first thing is, if you learn to manage your emotions, and I call it, you know, being an emotional millionaire. If you can be an emotional millionaire, mm -hmm. then you can start to do the practical stuff to become a millionaire. And so, okay, so emotional millionaire. So how do you break that down? Like, how would you, like, ex explain really what what that is? You know, because I, I get that you, you know, um, your emotions attached to money and how you feel about it. 
can often be inherited, you know, like, and it can be built into your DNA almost as well. So it's like breaking down all that. But how do you, how do you, yeah, how do you become an emotional millionaire? What do you do? Well, there's a pretty, pretty big process to it. But one of the things I'll, I'll share with you a couple of keys that I've learned that might help people and and help help you, Amy. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Uh, so one of the keys is one of the first things is actually identifying what the dream is. And people go after the dream, but sometimes I'm all for going after the big dream. But sometimes they make the dream so big that it's unachievable. But you have to have the big dream. You have to be aspirational. You have to have hope, and you have to get excited because that passion inside you is what triggers the creativity. So that's one thing. The other thing is having focus and a goal, and this is using all parts of your brain to move towards what you want. So being able to be focused and learn the things that you need to learn about money, and maybe you don't know everything about money, like a lot of creatives struggle with numbers. I have a lot of creatives that sit in front of me, and they say, I'm really bad at maths. You don't have to be great at maths. Um, you just need to be able to know when to focus and teach your brain to focus. So that's another part. And then money likes order. So being able to not ignore your bank account and your bills. Like I, I remember, so we had a we had a, a few situations, and one of them was, I mean, I grew up in a big family. I found out I was blind in one eye when I was three, and uh, and and I started reading books about about neuroscience when I was twelve. And I think I was just that desperate. I was so aware of mum and dad wasn't their ducks out. Um, I was so aware of not having enough. So I was so desperate to learn about people. And then when I got married and I was pregnant with my first child, my husband came home and he lost his job the day before we were about to have our first baby. We had 18 and a half percent interest rates at the time. We moved into our house. And my world came crashing down. I was absolutely terrified. So one thing, one of the tools that I learned over time is when things go wrong, and, and then he sort of, that happened again. He actually worked for another company and, and they closed down. <laughs> and so it became a bit of a pattern. Yeah. And it was really hard because, you know, all of a sudden you, you're rising up and then all of a sudden you get hit. But I always say, you know, when, you, when you're in that downtime, when you hit that downtime, uh, you have to laugh first of all, and you can engage with those negative emotions like depression and, and that sort of thing. But, but when you hit that downtime, one of the things that you need to do is basically say, at least I've still got my undies. That's my, that's my strategy. It's like, at least I've still got my undies strategy because <laughs> undies are a basic human right, right? <laughs> and a bra for women. Oh, yeah. a bra for some men too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so being able to shift from um, from that state and go in what I call a higher state is the goal. And when you're in when you're in survival mode or when you're in transition, that's the hardest time to be in that state. But the goal is to be in a state of love, to be in a state of peace, um, to be in a state of rest. And it's amazing how the more you rest, the less you have to work to to get more money. And then you have to do a lot of practical things as well, like learning skills that you may not know. And then people come to me and they go, my business isn't working. And I go, have you ever learned how to sell anything? Most people are uncomfortable with selling. So that comes into play too. It's funny, isn't it? Because I, um, I guess with selling, you, you, you have to sell yourself on a daily basis almost. You know, like it's, it's a skill that everyone needs to some degree, even if it's not selling a product or selling a service. Like you, you've got to sell yourself. Thank you. For sure. And uh, I, I started learning how to sell when I was, well, 
I used to go around with my nana when, when I was three. She was an Avon lady, so I think I started selling early. However, I was pretty shy, so when I actually did start my own business in my 20s and started to sell, I remember throwing up like I was doing party plan, and I remember I threw up like six times because I was so terrified of getting in front of this bunch of women and getting them to spend money. So sales is a process and you need courage, but I think with selling, it's more about helping people and shifting your own belief systems around. A lot of people say they want to be pushy. Well, being pushy doesn't work anyway. And the way you do money impacts the way that you that you sell. I do a lot of work in corporates and um, work with sales teams. And the thing is that people have their own perspective about how they buy. So if there's, for instance, somebody who's got a bad money mindset or a negative money mindset, they might be like really stingy about what they will buy. But if they're selling a, a Porsche, they're not going to have that internal belief system that someone's going to pay for a Porsche if they're driving around in a Toyota, 1970 Toyota. So the way you buy is the way you sell. And so that comes into play along with a whole lot of things around your belief systems mm. around selling. And you can shift sales really quickly when you shift some of those internal belief systems and then learn the practical skills as well. Like when I, I, it's all making sense, <laughs> like looking back in my history, thinking, oh, mm -hmm, oh, yeah, basically. So, like, we didn't have a lot growing up mm -hmm. at all, and um, so mum used to teach us to like live on a really tight budget. So, for that, I'm proud, right? Because it's always been like, you know, as long as I've got enough, I'm okay. So, I've never been in debt, touch wood, thank god, I've never, ever, ever been in debt on any level. Um, you know, and I always manage my money really well. However, starting to realise that, um, you know, it, it, the, the mindset of, oh, it, as long as I've got enough, that's okay. That's always going to keep me there because I'm always just going to have enough and then I'm, that's it. Instead of getting past that next level, you know, and going to that next level. What do you guys think? Like, how are you with money? Oh, look, well, I think it's, um, I do a lot of stuff in cosmetics, and it's an interesting um, field to be in. I, I come from I'm the eldest of five kids, grew up on big farms outside of small, pretty average towns in Burke and Dubbo and different places like that. And, and we all grew up in a caravan together. And so it was, I guess, that idea of very frugal living. Um, but certainly, uh, the, the idea that, that um, what you buy is also what you're able to sell in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, that I, I think uh, there, there needs to not be that sort of poverty mentality where you are living day to day. You need to start having plans early on. And, and I think there's a lot of strategies in place now that we can implement that, that help you to have a goal and then work towards that goal. And once you've reached it, then you think, okay, well, that wasn't too bad, so I'm going to work towards the next one. I think that goal setting is really good because otherwise you do tend growing up in, in, in certain the family that I did, there was, there, we were living, grew up living paycheck to paycheck. Um, and I had a few startup businesses and, and the, the, the saying is you, you, you do a startup business and you work twice as much for half as much early on. Yeah, and yeah. one of the big things about startups is having those plans and then going, no, I'm not gonna take a call, at, which is different for me because I am yeah. slave to the, to the phone <laughs> to the patients, but not taking a call at 10 o'clock at night, you have yeah. to turn it off a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it is about, I, I think, that mentality that you have to, to work through. And I think once you do start seeing it as, 
as you're able to, as a, in, in a way, a game, mm. um, that you need to get the, the right pieces of the puzzle in, in play. And we all ha have kind of, you play the war games where you build up the right armour, you build up the right team, you build up the right um, bits and pieces to head out to, to battle. Mm. It's a little bit about finances as well and just general life. And I think if we take it that way a little bit and sit back and go, need some advice. I mean, we, we go to our doctor for, for medical advice and, mm. and we should be going to dietitians and PTs and physios so that we stay healthy. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, you don't wait till you're fat to go to the gym, so don't wait till you're poor to mm. see a financial yeah. expert and start getting uh, getting money fit. Mm. Does, does, does like earning money, does either of you guys have fear around earning money? Because I know that I have in the past. I'm actually thinking, because I, like, I thought I was an emotional millionaire. Like, I was like, yeah, okay, I, know, I, like, I don't need to worry because I know that one day it's going to happen, you know, I'm still waiting, you know, and I think it's because actually, I think if I actually visualised like having a million bucks in my bank account right now, I probably wouldn't know what to do with it, to be completely honest. I do think there's a l an element of fear around it and that comes from the lack, you know, like when you've lived in lack, then you don't want to spend. So now I'm thinking about you, what you're saying about the Porsche and, and all of that kind of stuff. I'm like, I'm going to go and buy a Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> So see you in a Porsche. <laughs> well, the whole thing, and yeah, what you're saying, Dr. Zach, about family, uh, you know, we all want to belong. And so sometimes going beyond what our family, what we saw our parents do, is also a challenge for us because we're tribal, right? So if we step above what we know, we don't want to leave behind people that we love. And the other thing that you're saying about fear and what would you do if you had a million dollars? I mean, a lot of people actually don't even really care about having heaps and heaps of money. Most people just want enough to not have to worry and to be able to enjoy life and spend time with the people they love and do the things that they're passionate about and help other people. And so, you know, the whole thing about what would I do if I was a millionaire, if you haven't been around that or experienced it, your brain hasn't got an association with the feeling of having that car or or being the millionaire. So then it feels like there's a disconnect with how you feel now and how you want to feel. Mm. And because you haven't experienced that's some of the things that we, we work on is like getting people to physically, emotionally and mentally experience what it would be like at a subconscious level if they had that next goal. But then you need to embed it, like the gym story, you know, you need to um, change that pathway and you can cut those pathways and redefine the neural pathways and redefine how you see yourself as a person. Mm. Because I, I just have not met a person who can't commercialise their gift. Mm. I have not met a person who cannot, you know, and I've met people who have been, I've worked with somebody who was homeless and the massive transformation in her, she's a young girl, and massive transformation in her was so fast. Mm. People have got it in them and that's why I get really excited because everybody has got this amazing creativity in them. And often it's when you're at the worst times of your life, <laughs> and you can relate to this, that's when, you know, I mean, I drove a car once, I was driving when I was doing this party plan, I was nine months pregnant, and the door, the passenger door fell off because it was such an old car, and I was driving around Penrith, and I'm in the middle of Penrith, pregnant, no mobile, no mobile phones, and the door fell off, and then my bag fell out, and everything that was in my bag fell out on the main highway, including tampons. I mean, you name it, it all went out. And so, it's like, I have got so many stories like that, so, you know, people don't talk about the struggle, and it, it is a struggle. You do have to be courageous, but 
you know, if you've got a fire in your belly, you're meant to do something. And if you're watching somebody do something that you want to do and you get frustrated, mm. that's a sign that you're meant to do that thing. Mm. I, I, honestly, I believe we can change the whole economy. I think we can change the but whole I think, economy. I think partly, correct me if I'm wrong, that, um, I mean, we do have a massive level of debt in Australia individually at the moment. And I, think, I mean, we have a very rich society. And I think people... Uh, have a tendency to uh, live outside of their means. Um, and that's not to say that, I mean, like I said, I, I have startup businesses and so everything kind of goes back into that. You kind of don't take a lot of it out. But I mean, when I go to the gym, which is not as much as I should, but when you do have a gym coach, you kind of, you, you don't um, jump straight to the really heavy rates until you've had a bit of practice at the beginning. So I think part of this is don't go and buy a Porsche first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you haven't had a car, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, certainly I, as you kind of learn a little bit, and it can be fast-tracked, I mean, if you have a good coach, if you have a good uh, uh, person on your side, you can jump through lots of levels really quickly mm -hmm. so that you can go through the the, the, the Camry and then the, the B-Dub and then the, the, all those different things. Mm -hmm. And then maybe a Porsche is not the one for you, but I yeah. think yeah. I learned something stuff a while back, and that's that... I had to go into debt. A lot of people don't like debt. I think that debt can be a great thing. I mean, if I'm playing poker, I'd like to play with my cards and everybody else's cards. It's much easier to win if you've got more things that you can play with. So I think that having the idea of that being in debt is it's not a bad thing if it's good debt, and it's debt for the right reason. I probably wouldn't... I mean, it's living within your means, but then having a coach, which mm. thankfully we've been, been coached this morning. Yay. I like it. I'm already feeling a bit hot and sweaty. It's <laughs> <laughs> Saturday morning feeling. I like that. Um, and I think that's the important part is getting a good coach early on who can wa walk you through. And if the Porsche is what is going to make you happy to get you to that point, that's a great thing. Mm. Um, maybe it's just a gold step for me. Maybe yeah. it's a gold step for Scott. Gold step. You're the first person I've ever met who wants to could we put some like glitter on it as well? Diamond. Oh, yeah. Glam it up. Glam it up.